Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday, 10am UK time. Hope you're doing good and well. I'm joined by Bailey. How do you mate? You good? Yeah, I'm all good, TC. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not too shabby. Um, I don't, how did you feel about last night's game? Did you want Liverpool to go through? Did you want Villarreal to win? But then obviously face the... The Unai Emery irony, like, where was your head yeah, at? Yeah, no, I, w- I really want to see a, a Liverpool-Man City final, so I prefer Liverpool to go through at the time. I was, really? I, was, I, was I was within the, mo- uh, the emotions, so I was, like, I was liking Villarreal, what they were doing, but I just knew they wouldn't sustain it. I knew as soon as the second half went, so sorry, as soon as the end of the first half whistle went, I knew Klopp was going to get his boys back into gear, so I knew this is not going to last. I think you could tell. That was, I've never seen Liverpool play so bad under Klopp. I think that was the worst first half I've yeah. ever seen him. I was like, wow. This is yeah, terrible. it was a really bad first half. Really, yeah. really bad. So I'm hoping that gives them a bit of a wake-up call for yeah. you know Saturday evening because if they play like that against Spurs, Spurs will hurt. Um, so we need to hope that they've been woken up a little bit by Villarreal as they go into Saturday's game. Um, however, you know, last night was not only focused around uh, the Champions League. Arsenal had a big focus last night as well as the fans' forum met uh, once again. There are aims to do these three times a year with Josh Kroenke attending at least one of them. And he was in attendance via a video link in yesterday's fans forum. And a number of interesting quotes came out from the meeting. Uh, The first kind of place to start off is to talk about how he says that we've got plans in place to continue to strengthen the squad. Now having match day revenue and having fans back in the stadium has been great. And we continue to provide whatever support we can for Mikel and continue to push the squad forward to achieve our goals. So it sounds positive. Is this just talk to keep us buoyed and happy, or do you think we're going to deliver on those words? Hopefully it's another big excited moment. Hopefully it is where he says and backs up his talk. I know Pepe hasn't been doing well, but at the time we didn't know that, and at the time we were all excited to see Nicola Pepe after big money signing. So hopefully Josh, again, he's uh, he's right about these comments. I think he's I've been impressed with what he's been saying recently. And I think, why would he lie about that? I think all well, direct keep people happy. Keep people happy, of course. <laughs> of course, but then you'll just get exposed in a couple of months. So I don't think it's any use to it. And I think all direction are pointing to Arsenal are going to spend. It's not just coming from just Cronkay. We've seen it from Edu with his interview with SBN Brazil, that they want to make a couple of big signings. Arteta has also hinted it. So I think it's the voice from the club. And uh, I think we are going to expect that. Yeah, look, I think that he was always going to say things like that during the interview. It was very clear and obvious that that was going to happen. I hope that, you know, that we do follow through with this. I think a lot of it is based around uh, whether or not we obviously qualify for the Champions League next season. If we were able to do that, it would be a massive, massive boost towards what our ultimate goals are. And that's, you know, competing for titles, competing for Champions League trophies and bringing in the best players in the world. And to do that, you do need to be in that competition it can still be done outside of of those competitions. Seeing this morning, Man United are supposedly the favourites to land Darwin Nunez. They're very unlikely to be in the Champions League next season, which kind of goes to show that, you know, even without the elite European competition, you will be able to attract the top players across the continent. So there is still certainly hope. And with Arsenal now guaranteed to play in at least the Europa League next season, it does mean that, you know, there's that door opening for Arsenal to sign the biggest players. A few other things came through. And actually something that I hadn't considered until someone left a comment on on a stream this morning is that uh, the club are looking to basically turn it so that if you don't attend 10 games as a season ticket holder, 
um, they will take away your ability to renew your season ticket um, for the following season. So say next year you're a season ticket holder and you miss 10 games, you won't be able to renew. And I assume you'll have to go back onto the waiting list. And the initial reaction I sort of this was good. You know, people saying, you know, keep the stadium filled. However, someone did raise the point to me um, that it prevents protest, as in the sense of protesting against the ownership with your feet and without attending how where do you kind of stand on this and then i'll give you kind of yeah. my thoughts on it. yeah no that's what you just said there it's actually spot on i think it can go either way i think it can you can argue that hopefully there's there's uh, reasons for you can give a reason for not attending 10 games like this extreme concert like extreme uh, circumstances where you can't attend games i hope there's like a clause in there where you can't attend it. You can't attend the ten games, so you're allowed to not to. But again, that makes a lot of sense with the protesting and etc. It almost feels like you have to go. Have to go. This is a good way to prevent a, a Super League Part Two protest. But at the same time, it's good to fill the stadium. I think in the past, Emirates has been. Some people have criticised uh, Arsenal and the Emirates for not being full. So it is another way to to get fans into the stadium. Yeah, I, look, I think that. I disagree with the comment about, you know, the, the the protest and it blocking protests, blocking the amount of people that, you know, don't necessarily want to go on a vote in to protest with their feet. I think that if you don't want to go in protest, I don't think you should stop the opportunity of somebody else wanting to go. I understand that, you know, you want to make an impact by buying a ticket and then not filling the seat, etc., because you're unhappy with the ownership, but in my view, like the only way that Arsenal is going to get better, you know, I don't think the club, I don't think the club will be sold, you know, by a selection of fans protesting with their feet. No matter how much I respect that viewpoint, I don't think it will make a difference. I don't think the Cronky ownership will sell because, you know, a portion of the, the fan base choose not to go to games in protest. And I would rather see a Arsenal team motivated behind a full stadium full of fans that want to go to the game. So, I I support, you know, this idea of ensuring that a certain amount of games are attended. I think 10 is too many. I think it should be reduced to something like eight games that you miss before, you know, that that season ticket is is not able to be renewed. Some people may even say that eight is is too many. But I think that we need to work towards making the Emirates a, a cauldron of noise and support that, if we're honest, it hasn't been in the past. I think this season has been one of the best seasons for the atmosphere in the Emirates Stadium that we've seen, but it need, more work does need to be done. Following on from that, there is also talks that, you know, if you're a red member, a silver member, a season ticket holder, you'll receive a questionnaire about safe standing. Um, obviously, if you are any of those, of which I'm a red member, so I will be filling out the uh, the uh, the questionnaire about it, the more responses that they get, the more likely it is that we can obviously implement safe standing at the Emirates. So it's important that people fill out those forms to, to try and implement that because it would certainly be something that would help with stadium atmosphere rather than stewards telling you to sit down even when you're last row uh, in the top tier, which genuinely happens to me, um, being told to sit down despite no one being behind you. So uh, it's something that we should be working to try and change. Let's see some of the reaction from uh, the chat box to this. Zhu uh, says, is it is time for the board to invest good capital on players, make some quality signings, 
and expect trophies. Robert, though, says, I've never trusted Cronky and Josh. If fans need to protest against KSE, then go to the game and stay in the concourse. I suppose that's uh, an, another way that you can do it um, by you know, going into the stadium and not attending and sitting in your seat. Stephen says, what you have to remember is some people only turn up for Category A games and they're boring as well. <laughs> you know, I, I think that some people do turn up and don't turn up for the wrong reasons and that we need to kind of encourage um, people to be in attendance as much as feasibly possible. And he says, I presume that it is aimed at supporters who don't attend 10 games and doesn't share or exchange their match tickets. What I would say is that, you know, they're encouraging people to say that if you don't attend games, but you put your ticket onto the ticket exchange, it won't count towards that 10 that would block you. So you can still not attend and still put your ticket up on the ticket exchange as well. Uh, Chris said, yeah, boycotts are counterproductive uh, in the way in which we're talking about them here. Uh, and Asa says, wish we could improve our stadium and must say the Tottenham Stadium is probably the best on the planet, sadly, right now. But it is the most new, so it's hardly surprising. Arsenal's is quite outdated being built back in 2006. And one of the other things talked about at the fans forum was that they are looking to improve um, the stadium. And one of the things, Bailey, that they're looking to do is to change the artwork on the outside of the stadium. The the big kind of panels with the Arsenal legends arm in arm is, is going to be removed, broken down, put elsewhere. They're not going to destroy it. It's going to be repurposed elsewhere in either the stadium or elsewhere in the community or Hale End, I imagine. What moments, because they're talking about putting moments, historic moments on the outside of the stadium. What moments do you think need to be there? Give me a couple of ideas that you would put on the stadium. Unfortunately, since 2006, since the stadium was built, we haven't had any moments that are worthy. Well, the FA Cups, you know. Uh, I don't think that's worthy, TC. I think that's very... We're not. We're Arsenal Football Club, FA Cup. An FA Cup win doesn't deserve to go on our stadium if we won the Premier League, Champions League, then yes. But since 2006, I can't really pick out a moment where I've been like, wow, that is... That's legendary. I think we've had good moments. We've had good games. We've had good moments. Of course, the FA Cup was excellent. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not putting an FA Cup victory outside outside of our stadium. I, I just can't. As for Arsenal Football Club, I think maybe if we go back to the Invincibles moment, for example, if we go back further on the Highbury days where we've had great moments under under Arsene Wenger, but I still think we we're yet to achieve greatness at since our move to the Emirates Stadium. So I think it's, it's tough to choose a moment since 2006, in my opinion, anyway. I would be tempted to put one of the FA Cup victories, possibly the one against Hull City with Aaron Ramsey's moment and, and wheeling away from celebra his celebration. Um, you know, the one that we won over Chelsea. You could argue that the one in 2020 um, under the current manager, possibly is a good idea to put on the front because it links to, you know, the current success that has been experienced at the team. Um, you've also got, obviously, the Invincibles, as we know, the 89 season, the 71 season. You know, these are all big moments that I think that are worthy of being on there. I'm trying to think off the top of my head how many panels there are. I think it's four. Mm. I think there's four, one on each corner um, off the top of my head, but it's not something that, you know, trivial-wise, I, you know, I, I know about. I think it is four, um, but there is one on each corner. But... Uh, uh, Robert says the stadium artwork must include the 1970 Cup and 71 double winning side. Younger fans must be reminded of our glorious history. Absolutely. That's why I pointed out the 71 just a second ago. Thomas's 89 goal Anfield, definitely. There's an argument that the old Trafford League win as well, you know, the Sir yeah, Wilshire yeah, moment um, is, is one that could be up there. 
as yes. well. Uh, let's go to uh, what other suggestions that we've got. Uh, Naz Vansi says, well, I don't see anything wrong with that, but we will need to upgrade the team with a lot of good players. We need to bring in more characters that are really productive to the squads. I think, you know, linking it into the conversation about the stadium, the more, the better like the environment, the hospitality and, you know, your, your habitat is, the more encouragement you have to be a better side, I think. So that's why we moved. It's not necessarily happened since the time that we moved, but we need to try and link success with the Emirates because it's it struggled, you know, since yeah. we've made that that decision to move. Um, let's break away from this talk of stadiums and, uh, and fans forums to some more on-field stuff, specifically again about William Saliba, Bailey, because Thierry Henry was speaking yesterday, I believe, on Amazon uh, about William Saliba. He was quite forthright in what he said uh, about Arsenal's treatment. He says, I think it's a real shame they didn't let him make a mistake. He was sent away without even being able to make a mistake. He didn't have the chance to prove himself. What do you make of, of Thierry Henry's comments there? Oh, I'm disappointed in TT, man. I'm disappointed. I think that was a... Why? Why say that? Why? I think... Well, ask my question. Why do you yeah. think you're saying that? It's disappointing because you've seen this season how much Saliba has grown and how much it has actually benefited him. I think if he kept him at Arsenal, he could have been lost. He could have been under the un, with a team who was underperforming, could have completely destroyed. It could have completely destroyed his confidence, and he wouldn't have been able to thrive from there. But his loans away from the club has really helped him to grow, build his confidence, be ready for the Premier League physical uh, in terms of a physical nature and his mentality alongside his technical ability. And now when he comes back next season, he'll be even more prepared. I think with centre-backs, you have to be careful with how you how you develop them because their mistakes usually turn into goals and it can completely destroy a player's confidence and his trajectory. I think you see with players, Chelsea, for example, I just think of their youngsters, their centre-backs who they loan out before they introduce into the squad. I think of Andreas Christensen and players like that, for example. Before they've come into the team, they've had loans. They've been highly rated as youngsters, but... They've been have had they've had loans, for example, in a Bundesliga where they've been the best player there, and then they come over to the Premier League where they're a bit more ready because the Premier League is is a much more it's a higher level of higher level of football. So, Henri's comments this season they've all been negative. I don't, I don't think I can't remember a time where he's actually praised Mikel Arteta on his decision making, and this is just this is adds to the collection which I'm disappointed with because yeah, a point where Arsenal are thriving, Saliba's thriving. They're both doing well. Both parties are doing well. So why can you not praise that and say, this is excellent. So he will come back next season, a better, more ready player, and he can break into Arteta's squad rather than saying, that's a shame he couldn't make it to the Arsenal squad. He's almost saying that Saliba won't come back and 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 um, uh, stake a claim in Arteta's squad anymore. Yeah, I think that, I think that Henri, the player, should be separated from Henri, you know, the pundit. I think you yeah. can appreciate what he's done uh, as an Arsenal legend and continues to be an Arsenal legend. But I will be critical of the stuff that he said afterwards. And I don't think it's too out there to say that I think there is an element of envy towards, you know, Mikel Arteta being the Arsenal manager because as a former player himself who's tried it in management and hasn't been successful. It failed at Monaco. It failed at, at Montreal. Um, he's He's worked... Well, as an assistant manager for the Belgian national side, I don't think there's anyone that can criticise that. But I, I would struggle to see Thierry Henry working as the Arsenal head coach based upon his experiences. So I do think that maybe there's been maybe that that bad, not I don't want to say bad blood, but you know, there's just I feel there's an element of envy about uh, you know his perception of of Arsenal right now, and so the chances to criticise the club. Um, he doesn't, you know, hold back on, which some people would respect that he doesn't hold back on criticizing. But I think 
to, to talk about Saliba when you see players like Conor Gallagher, you know, not been given a chance at Chelsea. He's done a really, really solid loan um, at, at, at Crystal Palace this season. Is there not? Why isn't Tuchel being criticised for not giving Gallagher the chance to make a mistake? Why are we always sending him on loan, etc.? And I think that actually the reality is that Saliba's loans to Nice and now Marseille have worked brilliantly well um, for him. And he could, he will definitely come back a better player. We just got to hope that he stays. Do we agree? Absolutely, yeah. Fully on board with that. Uh, Adurance says Omri is a legend no doubt but what he has achieved as a manager to be judging other managers this is the same guy who abandoned our under 18s for a Sky Sports job I mean Arsene Wenger gave him the, the choice effectively and he did choose to go for Sky I imagine Sky were paying a hell of a lot more money than maybe the under 18s for Arsenal but who knows all allegedly Galvin says Arteta wanted it more Henri could have been the under 18s coach and chose Sky enough said Kevin says great players don't become good football managers not in every case i think we've seen plenty of brilliant footballers become brilliant managers you know johan cruyff you know comes to mind uh, immediately i think you can see evidence that the brilliant players can become also brilliant managers i mean look how many champions leagues in the din zidane one around madrid as an example lynn says maybe tom um Vieira and Mikel are both doing well and he has tried being a manager and it hasn't necessarily worked yeah i mean Vieira as well as another player that's doing well at crystal palace now uh, Prince says Thierry is a legend. He should try to be in the best position to help an improving team. He was the first to criticise Mikel that he wouldn't make the European qualification and later forced us to sign Albert and Conga over Yves Bissouma at Brighton. I don't think that second part is true at all. Um, I think the company was very, very involved with the, uh, the Lekonga situation with Mikel as well. So I wouldn't be going down that route uh, with criticism. But I do agree with you in, in terms of him being very quick to criticise um, rather than... And obviously there's the links with Daniel Ek, we know, very established too, who is a, you know, he wants to buy Arsenal, Daniel Ek, and Henri has been supportive of that. So there you go. Um, lastly, talking more about transfers and Darwin Nunez has been linked very heavily now with Manchester United. Paulo Dybala has been very heavily linked now with Inter Milan, has supposedly chosen them as his destination. What do you make of these options for Arsenal you know, gradually dwindling uh, before the transfer window even opens. Does it concern you in any way? Or are you still very hopeful that, you know, a top striker or two will be joining the club this summer? Yeah, I'm still very hopeful. I think for me, Dybala was never an option regardless. Uh, Nunez, there's something about him that I'm not too convinced with. So that doesn't worry me. But again, you do have to look at the Gianni transfer window and you think of players like uh, Dusan Flaivic, who he went to Juventus because we, because we didn't act fast enough. Frank Kezier who's gone to Barcelona, who would have been an ideal midfield signing. You do look at stuff like that and you're like, OK, Arsenal, let's not repeat that mistake. Let's let's be proactive. Let's not be reactive. And hopefully with Edu's interview, as I said previously, where they it sounds like they've got a plan and they know who they want. So um, I reckon I reckon we'll be good for the summer. I reckon we'll be good for the summer. I think for me anyways, Gabriel Jesus and Victor Osimhen were my, my favourites, my priorities. So Nunez and Dybala can go wherever they want. We'll have to wait and see what happens in the summer. Last thing I want to talk about um, is obviously tonight's game with the Arsenal women's uh, North London derby uh, and the last opportunity to keep themselves in the title race before the last game of the season. Arsenal play, I think it's West Ham and the final game of the season and Chelsea play Manchester United, um, which you would imagine uh, would be a trickier game. That said, you know, West Ham are still sixth in the table. It's going to be a tough game for us on the last day. Man United, though, do sit third uh, in the table and would hopefully give Chelsea a good run for their money. But if we don't pick up I think if we don't pick up a win, um, 
well, I mean, to be fair, we can draw the game still, and but it would rely on goal difference. We'd have to rely on Chelsea losing against Man United and us beating West Ham. But one obviously wish the best of luck to the girls tonight, and fingers crossed um, we can pull off a result and keep that title challenge going until the final day of the season. Um, Kaya, of course, from our, our colleague at Football London, will be there at the game covering it for uh, FL. So make sure if you want to keep up to date with all the coverage there, uh, you'll be able to find that over at Football.London. Bailey, thank you so much for joining us this morning as always, fella. Thank you, TC, and everyone in the comment section as always. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you're watching the game tonight. If you can, I'm sure tickets are still available for you to go down and try and get to the game if you can. So if you can, go and do it. If not, watch it on the telly this evening. I'm sure uh, you'll be able to find it. So we will see you again a little bit later on this afternoon, I'm sure, for another show. And of course, the show will return tomorrow morning with Bailey and Chris uh, for the Arsenal Agenda series as per. See you soon, guys. Have a great day. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah.